and oops we are live okay hello everybody it is angie atkinson and i'm here this morning for the empowered empath show with hey it's b-rad celebrity stylist here welcome you to another exciting episode Woo! We're so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to jump right into our content this morning, then we'll open up for questions as per use. All right? All right, B-Rad, let's do it. So today we're going to tell you how to protect yourself from the top 10 energy vampires. As empaths, we really need to protect ourselves sometimes. So let's start here. Mm -hmm. Having a healthy self-esteem means that you've got to have confidence, obviously. You feel sure in what you do. You like who you are as a person and you respect yourself. It means that you can see the value of being you. Self-esteem is really important to empaths because it, how you view yourself really guides what you believe and how you feel. It also impacts how others feel about you. And unfortunately, as we all know, there are energy vampires that kind of sort of latch onto your self-esteem and self-esteem and drain it dry. You want to protect yourself from these types of people. And sometimes that means making the difficult decision to distance yourself from people who are close to you, as we all know. So, Brad, start us off with the first one. Yeah, so we're going to start with the very first one, which is the one you probably all know, which is the negative vampire. This is a vampire that can be found in conversations. You can recognize it because this vampire will try to make you feel bad about yourself. The words sound okay but are said in such a way that they erode how you feel about yourself. An example of a conversation with a vampire would be, oh, your dress is beautiful. It would look better on you if you lost a few pounds. <laughs> this is like a sucker punch conversation. The first part of it was kind of like, so you were relaxed and open and the blow came next. As many people are caught off guard, it affects the self-esteem because we internalize it, making what, was said to us instead of the person who said it. You can get rid of vampires like by saying in return, this, that's kind of personal. Why would you say something like that? A vampire can only walk away with your self-esteem if you allow it. People who tell you uh, that you're ugly, you're fat, you're stupid, you're worthless, are, are self-esteem uh, vampires. Don't give them another second of your time. Don't put up with these type of comments. They're not their beliefs. You're not their beliefs. Uh, those statements are reflections of them, not you. Uh, but what's worse is those kinds of negative vampires is when we become our own negative vampires. We tell ourselves that we're ugly, we're fat, we're stupid, we're worthless. We erode our own self-esteem ourselves. No one is born with this kind of self-talk. We learn it from a self-esteem vampire. So once <clears throat> you adapt these behaviors, you're saying this kind of stuff in your head. Every time you make a decision, you find your quality of life deteriorating rapidly. And we know how we do it over and over and over again. So this brings us to our next one. So Angie, tell them about the next one. All right, so this is the social media vampire. You guys might recognize this one. I know I do. It, it, it has become a really huge sort of vampire at this point. And as we all know, it's growing bigger and bigger and it sucks the self-esteem from millions of people. Social media is great, but it has also opened the door to so many vampires, narcissists, all of those good things. These people, they bully and they tear down other people. Mm -hmm. They drain yeah. away at the self-esteem of others in order to build themselves up. They say snarky comments to people that sting down deep and they don't even care. Most people take the comments of perfect strangers to heart and they don't take the time to recognize the comments for what they really are the attitude and actions from someone who doesn't have the capacity for online maturity. These might be perfectly nice people in real life, but somehow they think they can take out all their hate and anger on everybody on the internet. Well, you have to ignore the comments that try to tear down your self-esteem, yourself on your social media sites. These are many people <laughs> who consider themselves ex I'm sorry, there are. There are many people who consider themselves expert trolls, right? And I think, <laughs> excuse me, I think that what happens is that their sole purpose is to cause 
friction online. It is their form of entertainment. I actually know someone like this who literally <laughs> gets all excited about it. It's outrageous. Uh, and it's not acceptable. Social media can be a self-esteem leech for you if it causes you to look at someone else's life and wish that were your life. That's another issue. What you have to remember about social media is that it presents a false balance of life to the world. Everybody can look perfect on social media. It doesn't mean everybody's perfect. You only get a little tiny peek and a little glimpse, the perfect house, the perfect family, the smiles, heavily edited photos, y'all, okay? They don't show the true picture. Don't let those false representations tear down your self-esteem or yourself. A lot of social media is embellished because People find it so much easier to present a better version of their lives. I'm not going to lie to you. I like to present a, a great version of my life, too. Everybody wants to show the pretty side. That's normal. But you have to understand that everybody really has issues, too. It, it often differs from reality. So keep in mind that many people are just too self-conscious to speak up about the sad side of their lives. And, um, and for me, it's not really about it's, it's about staying positive in general, you know, so it's never meant to be a self-esteem vampire for anyone. Brad, tell, tell us about the mistake vampire. Yeah, so the next we have the mistake vampire. So you wouldn't be human if you didn't make mistakes. Some people make a lot of little mistakes while others make, you know, that pretty big mistake. Um, but him? you must but you must realize that. Me? Oh, he's still going on. But you must realize that mistakes are, you know, you've made not to define who you are. You know, th they're not a picture of your future. Mistakes are simply that, that it happened and you offer the opportunity to learn more from the situation. The vampire presents itself in the area by not allowing you to move on. When we make mistakes, it's often those closest to us who won't let go. They remind you of your mistakes and how you can feel about rubbing, it in, rubbing your nose in it. They remind you how you tried to start a business and failed, how you ruined your finances, how they warned you about that guy or girl and you were crazy about what was bad news. These mistake vampires can be hard to take, but even so, they're more putting the mix the mistake vampire on yourself. You remind yourself about how you failed, um, how you wish you had done what you did or hadn't done it. Um, get rid of this esteem, self-esteem vampire once and for all by telling yourself that it's over and you're moving on into the right direction. Tell others the same thing. If they keep bringing it, don't drag up your mistakes around you. Don't let others pile on them to you either. Take a firm stance against having the past thrown in your face to knock you down and try to better your life. I know for myself, I mean, a lot of people have these, they, they want to get you. And a lot of times people aren't willing to do what you did to get there. So they just want to take you down, you know, and they just don't want to do it. So let's go to the next one with the approval seeker vampire. Yes, the approval seeker, seeker vampire. This, you know what, some people, they just have a laid back personality, right? Other people are a little more forceful in their personalities, but both of these types of people definitely have strengths they can offer. But the problem arises when someone with a stronger personality decides that your life should be this way or that way, or it shouldn't be this way or that way. So these people try to make it so that you have to seek their approval. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. In every aspect of your life. It's exhausting. When you try to do something on your own, these people are quick to tell you why that's not going to work and why it's not very smart of you to attempt it. What this does is erode your self-esteem until you're driven to come to them for advice and help with whatever is happening in your life. These kinds of vampires make you be dependent on them for your happiness and theirs. And you surrender your control of your life to them in return. This has happened to me personally. I'm sure it's happened to you guys as well. And you don't need approval to be who you are. This is the thing. I need you to hear this, you guys. You don't need approval from anybody to be who you are. And you don't need approval to live the kind of life that you've always wanted to live. You have the right to do it now. You're grownups. Your actions are your own. And you are smart enough to reach for your dreams without seeking the approval of me or your mom or your dad or your narcissist or anybody else in the world. If you don't know the way that you should go, take a deep breath 
and relax. You will learn. You are capable. You don't need anybody's stamp of approval for your path at all. Know this. Don't forget it. Brad, tell us about the comparison vampire. Exactly. So just like that, the comparison vampire, this nasty vampire is one that we put on ourselves and we all have trouble with this one. It can erode self-esteem pretty quickly and leave you feeling unhappy with your life, even if you have a pretty good one. The vampire makes you feel like you're not doing a good enough job with handling your life because it fails to measure up with someone else's. Even a multimillionaire can suffer from this as he compares himself to a, a multi-billionaire. The comparison vampire piles on us when we feel jealous of someone else. We can experience jealousy because they appear to have a partner or spouse who treats them better. We, we can feel the jealousy because their house is nicer, their car is newer, their clothes are more expensive. Maybe they have a better job. Perhaps they can afford to do home renovations and wish you could. They get lavish vacations to places you've only dreamed of. This kind of comparison robs you of living your life. You don't know what's going on in someone else's life and looking at it from the outside can give you a distorted view because I know what we see isn't always real. But it could be that you have more freedom than they do. Um, you're not in debt like they are. You're not dealing with emotional situations you're hiding from the world. Uh, you never know what's truly going on in someone else. So get rid of this vampire by recognizing that being grateful for the good that you have in your own life. Refuse to allow negative feelings to tower over someone else's seemingly good fortune. So this brings us to our next one, Angie, which is the what others think of you vampire. Yes, sir, it does. This vampire will steal your self-esteem like nobody's business. We always assume that people are thinking thoughts about us that are less than kind, don't we? And part of this, in our case, being empaths, is that we can kind of sense that negative energy from people, right? And we've been dealing with narcissists, many of us, and so we assume people are thinking those negative thoughts. We believe that they're having conversations and our names come up. In these conversations, nothing good is being said, at least in our minds. They are certainly discussing how we look, aren't they? Or they're talking about how poor our products are or discussing rumors they've heard about us. You know, believing this makes us feel self-conscious and awkward. It robs us of what could be some seriously beautiful friendships in our lives and new opportunities because we stay away, we shy away from these people or we keep them at arm's length. This is very common for us, isn't it? And we are afraid to say or do anything that might give people more fuel to think about us or talk about us negatively. You can get rid of this vampire by realizing that other people really aren't dwelling on you. They're really not dwelling on your life. Everyone really is too busy sometimes to keep up with someone else's life. They have all they can handle on their own. Now, to be fair, there are people who've been in that gossip. And you know what I always say, you know, haters make you famous, baby. Let them hate. It's okay. Don't let yourself dwell on what other people are saying or what you think they might be saying. Worst case scenario, you're right. And they're ridiculing you. So what? Other people's opinions have no place in their, in your life. And they're also not your problem. Honestly, Brad, tell us about perfectionism vampires. Yeah, I think this is one of the biggest ones. So with the perfectionism vampire, this is a vampire that will, will not allow your room to truly live. When you allow this vampire to attach to your life, you don't leave the room for much good because what happens with this vampire uh, brings with it the waiting game. Uh, you have to wait until everything is perfect for you to make that move personally or professionally. You don't take chances with new ideas or ventures because perfectionism doesn't welcome mistakes. You can begin to develop in all or nothing mentally. Perfectionism is a terrible vampire because it can leave you feeling bruised inwardly. You'll beat yourself up every time you make a mistake. And since you will make a mistake as long as you're breathing, you will go through life thinking that you'll never be able to do anything right. The perfectionism vampire will convince you that you will never be good enough. You'll walk around believing that you're a failure because you attempted to do anything. Mm -hmm. This vampire keeps you 
people stuck in life of wanting more but never having it because you have to risk failure. And I think that's one of the biggest things. So when there's failure, there's also brings us to the next one, which Angie is the drama vampire. You gotta love the drama vampire <laughs> or not. <laughs> These are the vampires who take from you, destroy your self-esteem and make you absolutely miserable. Many of us are familiar with this type of vampire in our lives, aren't we? They understand that people who take and never give back aren't good for them. With a drama vampire, whatever is going on in your life is, or their life, <laughs> is absolutely the most important thing. Uh, and you, you must help deal with it immediately. My gosh, you have to put your personal and your professional life on hold in order to bolster this vampire up and keep them from going under. If you do that, you're going to get sucked in every time they need you. And you know what, as an empath, you're going to do that because <laughs> if you're not careful, because you're not, it's our, it's our nature to want to jump to help somebody. If somebody's in pain, what do we want to do? We want to stop the pain. If somebody's crying, what do we want to do? We want to soothe the tears away. This destroys our self-esteem with this vampire though, because it reaches the point where you cannot be there every time they need you because it's impacting your life negatively. Your significant other won't be happy about the amount of time the drama takes away, assuming the significant other isn't the drama vampire. You miss work or you can't concentrate on work because the drama vampire is wrecking your time and taking over your thoughts. Your boss tells you that you're just not cutting it anymore at work or your business partner feels let down by the fact that you're not focused and committed anymore. To deal with this vampire, you have to understand that for some people, drama is a lifestyle. It might be true that they have problems, even a whole bunch of problems. If you're always the one who rescues them, though, you enter into a codependent relationship with that person. And you all know that's not healthy. This drama usually comes from toxic friends or family members, but it can also be people in your professional life holding their hand, rushing over every time they call. They slap ugly labels on you. They tear you down. You don't have enough empathy, they say, which is a freaking joke. But anyway, you're, <laughs> you're mean. You don't love them enough. How can you be so selfish? When they say negative things about you, you start to believe the problem is you, especially if you're dealing with several family members or professional acquaintances in a group who are drama vampires, which does tend to happen, they all, they kind of, they kind of group together and, and it's a big drain on you emotionally as well as physically. And you have to recognize that when you're always putting out fires for other people and you realize someone is leaning on you a little too much, put your foot down and become unavailable so that they're forced to handle things themselves or Find someone to turn to that isn't you. Yeah, they're going to be frustrated with you. They might even lash out, but that's because they're not comfortable handling their own stuff. You don't want to enable them anymore, so don't do it. Brad, tell us about the disempowerment vampire. Yeah, so the disempowerment vampire. So this is when your self-esteem is strong and you speak boldly and with confidence about who you are, what you do, and what you want from life. Disempowerment happens when others don't value what you do or what you want. For example, uh, for a person who wants to go to the Ivy League, for somebody else to say, hey, uh, oh, they let anyone in there now, devalues your hard work and effort. It steals your sense of accomplishment and pride. But you can also put this vampire on yourself. For example, if you always wanted to run online craft business and someone asks you, what you do, uh, if you downplay it, that can deplete your self-esteem. Don't downplay your accomplishments or make light of your hard work. The problem is this vampire causes your self-esteem is that it affects your perspective. Uh, you can recognize if you're disempowering yourself by how you speak about yourself in your life. If you say, I wish I could have started my own business, this is a disempowerment and thinking. Uh, instead, change it to, I'm starting my own business. So it's strong, it's confident, it's much better. So I think this brings us now to our last one, Angie, which is the conforming vampire. Indeed it does. This is the vampire, the conforming vampire. It's the one that looks at how things have been done doesn't see a way to do it any differently. If strength is found in tradition, in the way that things 
have always been done. This is who does this. Instead of the way that things can be done better. This is the vampire who does not like change, who cannot handle new ideas. This vampire erodes your self-esteem by insinuating that your ideas are foolish, that there's no way they'll work because no one else has ever been able to do it. Now I'm going to tell you right now, that's some BS, right? You can talk yourself out of trying anything if you allow the conforming vampire to dictate what you do or don't do in your life. You might hear this referred to as the road not traveled. The reason the road isn't taken sometimes <laughs> and new ventures sometimes don't get off the ground is because people are afraid to stand out. Afraid to run with an idea that others say can't be done or is different from the norm. Look, when you have an idea and you tell yourself that it's foolish or you allow other people to convince you that it's foolish, your self-esteem is going to take a hit because you can't you can start to believe that if you know you're not as smart as other people or you're not as capable as find, of finding success as other people but listen my friend this is what i need you to do start believing in innovation again that is how life changes for the better stop putting limitations on yourself and free yourself from the chains that bind you because you don't have to put up with this crap anymore right brad exactly yeah. So what do you guys think? I am going to go to the comments now, Brad. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Let's see what we got here. We have Jillian in the house, Veronica, Carlita, stand firm, literal best, says pink suits me so well. Why? Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is just a little t-shirt thing. Anyway. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> good morning, Terry McElrath. Good morning, Mr. Malta. Stand firm says mine says live stream is off. I think everybody can see. Facey is here. Good morning, everyone. Cupcake, cupcake says hello and love. <laughs> hello, cupcake. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Malta says, "Okay, thank you, Malta." Terry, okay. Literal best says, "Great topic." Malta says, "Good morning to you and to me and everyone." Be rad. Hey, uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Jade O'Neill is here. Shannon O'Brien is here. Let's see. Terry McElrath is here. Uh, Jillian says, my job is my energy vampire. Yesterday, despite going in half an hour before start time, I was there for 10 hours straight with no breaks. I literally ate lunch at my desk. I'm so done. Girl, I am so sorry. I hope it gets better. Tell me what, what is the possibility of a smoothing out anytime soon? I totally understand the energy vampire of a, of a job like that. I have not been an attorney, but I have worked in an office where I have been drained by my work. How about you, Brad? Exactly. So it's just with work, I think that's one of the worst things is because you have so many different people around you, so many people that want to zap you, take your energy, put more work on you. I think that's one of those things, too, if you're if you're able to kind of just set some boundaries in that um, kind of workplace that it kind of allows you to protect yourself a little bit so you can kind of keep yourself uh, uh, safer and just not as drained. Totally. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Uh, my two cents is here says good morning good morning good morning and cheryl mcleod is here she says i've dealt with two ex-narcissists and my mom and brother narcissists well then you know about energy vampires now cheryl i am going to do a regular narcissist support session at 1 p.m today because it's talk to me tuesday so we're here twice on tuesdays all right uh literal best says love 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 the response that's kind of personal why would you say something like that indeed that's a good one yes um, let's see here. What if you live with them? Stan Firm says, you know, it's, it's, it's still a process. If you're living with your energy vampire, you've got to protect yourself. Um, and part of the way of doing that is by developing an exit plan. But in the meantime, Gray Rock is a good way to start. Brad, any tips for someone who lives with an energy vampire? Yeah, and, that, and that's one of the biggest things, and I think that would be a great topic for an upcoming show as well, is how as empaths that we need to protect ourselves, because myself being in a narcissistic uh, relationship as well as a business relationship separately, um, I found that living with a narcissist, you're constantly drained, because I found for me, if you look at pictures for me when I started the relationship to when I ended, I look way older, I actually look younger now than years ago when I was in the relationship. So so it's just, as I say, it's knowing uh, gray, gray, gray Rock, it's 
excellent, just so don't show any interest, keep it kind of neutral, but they're going to ask you and ask you and ask you, and they're going to deplete you, deplete you, deplete you. Um, and you just want to be aware of that. I don't think anybody's worth bending over backwards and, and kind of literally killing yourself over. Agreed. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Stop the chaos says it's not until recently that I realized that my family and my ex had been making decisions for my entire life, making her decisions for her entire life. Same thing happened to me. She said, family wants what's best. Ex wants what he think is best, making my own decisions now. And I like it. That is a beautiful thing. And I'm so proud of you. That is exactly what happened to me. And that is exactly where I am today. And it's much better. How about you, Brad? Gay, empowered empath. That's what you want to be. Exactly. You want to be empowered. You want to be able to make your own decisions because who can make the best decisions for your own life but you? (laughs) Yes, indeed. That's right. Kareen Kareen says, hi, Malta. Hi, Angie. Hi, Brad. And No More Evil says, good morning. And Cheryl McLeod said, oh, this is a good one. She says, being an empath makes you feel alone a lot. That's true. Yeah. But that's why we're doing this show, because we're not alone. We're all here together, 54 of us at this moment. Earlier, we had like 63, I think. So, you know, there's some empaths around. Stick with us. Mm-hmm. We'll be here every Tuesday around this time. Um, <laughs> Stan, Brad, anything to say about that? Yeah, I I know that part of feeling alone. And a lot of times you feel like an outsider. But I think by nature, I think a lot of empaths are kind of have a loner mentality anyway. They're kind of on their own. They like to help others. But yet, if they extend themselves too much, they like to retract because they need that alone time, which is very important to them to spend in nature or just refuel or recoup. Totally true. Yeah, totally true. I need that time. I need at least an hour a day. And if I've had a hard day, even two or three hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. The only way Stan Firm says to keep bees at home is to oblige. Up uh, to your point, that's probably true. Um, but again, I would I would encourage you to be working on your escape plan. Um, Karuna Sub- Subaraman says, in India, people are not even aware of vampire types or NPD. It hasn't been documented. And yet I see so many around me. Very interesting that you say that. I I tell you, I'll tell you, different cultures, narcissists, vampire types, they're everywhere. It has nothing to do with what culture you're in. What, what, you know, if they haven't documented it, that's just only because I'm, I'm sure there's some somebody in there uh, over there in India talking about it. But but I, I think what it comes down to is that it's not a popular subject. Nobody wants to talk about negative stuff, but, and I don't even want to talk about negative stuff, but I'm not really here to do that. I'm here to help people overcome that stuff and have their own version of the best possible life for themselves. Um, what do you think about that, Brad, that, that she doesn't recognize anything in India that way? No, I think a lot of these en- energy vampires that we're talking about today, um, they tend to a lot of this stuff happens so subtly that you don't even recognize it just creeps up on you. And especially what happens is you can't, then you start thinking it can't be them. It must be something in myself. So I must be this person. Then you start self doubt, putting yourself down, just getting energetically drained, but you don't put it on these energy vampires. You just think I'm working more. I I'm investing more in the kids. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing. So you justify it by saying it's, it's yourself and not really these energy vampires that are out there. Sure. It's great to be positive, but I think it's also great to be aware. Absolutely. And, and, and here's the thing, as TB here says, they don't always tear you down with direct comments. Sometimes they do, but they don't always. She says she thinks it's more of a lack of reassurance and appreciation. And that certainly is true. Invalidation, constant invalidation. And, and that's the truth. And I think the thing is, when you're talking about a vampire or a narcissist or a negative energy type of person, uh, I think you're talking about someone who clearly has very little of themselves they have very little self and they have very little of their own energy so to speak a lot you know like if you've ever seen that show true blood and i've, I've said this comparison many times but the um you know the vampires and the fairies in that show i don't know if you've seen it but the fairies they they like the way the vampires are because the, the vampires can't they can't hear their thoughts they don't know what they're thinking they know what everybody else is thinking right but the, the vampires they they're attracted to the fairies the fairies smell good to them and taste good to them and if they consume the whole fairy, they can walk in the sunlight, which they can't do otherwise. Now, isn't that an interesting parallel there? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that the vampires or the narcissists, as it were, in this case, tend to 
suck off the energy of an empath in order to walk in the proverbial sunlight. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Exactly. Because I believe as empaths, we naturally just attract negativity, not that we are, but because we're so giving and we're so full of light that we attract all these people that want what we're exuding and they want to latch onto that and they want to yes. drain that from you. And, and you know, it, it's just and it doesn't matter where we go. We're always in it. We're always attracting it. And I think, and that's why um, so many empaths attract so many narcissists. So, and a lot of times, yeah, it's, it's incredible because you think everything's great or the love bombing starts and things like that. Everything's wonderful. But then suddenly a little bit, a little bit more, oh, somebody that thought you were great now thinks you're not so great. What's wrong with you now? And you must think, oh, it's a relationship. Now that they're getting to know me, they're seeing the real me and now they're not going to like me. They're going to leave me. I better change myself. Right. And I don't know about you, but I tried to change myself a whole bunch of times for a whole bunch of people. And it's just really, you have to understand that it's not, it's not really something wrong with you so much as it's something wrong with them. And they do want to stand in your light. They want to consume your light. They want to take it, you know, and, and it's not even something that you probably realize at this point in your life that you have going on, but every one of you has a light and that light is bright and people want to put a bushel over it. They want to cover it or they want to get it from you or at least stand in it and pretend it's their own, you know? Um, so Cupcake Cupcake says, I just got rid of my narcissistic vampire ex a few days ago permanently, feeling so lighthearted and peaceful since then. That's that's amazing. And congratulations on that. Hands up for you, my friend. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. Kareem, uh, Terry McElrath, just so you know, this will remain available so you can always go back and watch the parts you missed. Um, Malta says, good day to you, Kareem Kareem. Karuna says, sometime people... People can take a joke about ourselves and don't take it seriously. How does one know they are being demeaned? I think sometimes they are jokes, wit, and humor. You know what? You know. <laughs> you know when they're being mean. You feel it in yourself. Sometimes people, you know, a lot of times these types of people will say, I'm just kidding when you get offended. They weren't kidding. They just realized that you got upset and it bothered you, and so they got offended and they, they played like – once again, they try to make it about you being wrong and not them. I was just joking. God, uh, you know, <laughs> that doesn't mean that, right? What do you think about that, Brad? Yeah, exactly. To me, I always believe that there's some part of truth in every joke. So, you know, it doesn't just come out. They have to think of it first and they have to grab it from somewhere. I also think that just kidding, just joking, people putting you down. I think it's something that we're trained or conditioned to do like people just naturally put you down oh well that's your friends so you should cut them up or take them down to me that's not the definition of true friendship but it happens so often it does it really does yeah yeah southern charm says good morning to everybody it's been a while since i've been here live great topic thank you we're happy to see you southern mm -hmm. charm Welcome back. <laughs> uh, Cupcake Cupcake says, yes, Karuna, you're right. I'm also from India and people here are not aware of this stuff. Yeah. And you know what's unfortunate about that is that it's very painful, I think, when you when you don't know. So I'm glad that you're here with us today and that you're, you know, that you're in the global community of empaths because you're learning and you're, you've probably known about some of this instinctively, um, but it is certainly, it's everywhere. It, it crosses cultures, it crosses income levels, it crosses, you know, state lines, country lines, continental lines. It has no, there's nothing, I've never seen any culture, creed, religion, whatever, that doesn't have some of these people involved, which is unfortunate and sad. I mean, if you think about what's going on right now with all this stuff with, in Hollywood, you know, all of these actresses coming forward and even actors coming forward and saying I was sexually harassed or abused because of what, because I wanted to work and they tolerated it because they thought that's what they had to do. And it, it's just one more ugly thing about our society. And as an empath, it makes me physically ill almost mm -hmm. to think about it, but it does happen. It's happened to, I mean, probably a lot of us here could raise our hand and say me too on some level. What about you, Brad? Exactly. And when I read the when I was reading the posts on Facebook going down and you see me too, me too, me too. And it's not only women, it's also men as well. But it, but it's that thing for us as men to stand up. If this is what's happening, stand up 
and you know yeah. voice your opinion or stand up and be different don't be like the norm and everything else and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable i believe we're on the same energetic plane and us as empaths we take that even if it's not somebody in our own uh like vicinity or stuff like that, we can still feel people from across the world. We can still feel people in India and in California and Hollywood and Canada, everywhere. We, as empaths, we, we gather all that energy and we bring it all upon ourselves and we, we absorb it, we absorb it. But, but with the, the Me Too movement, I, I believe it's far wider spread. It's something that's horrific. That's probably been always going on. It's the same with like these energy vampires. And in some ways, these Me Too survivors, though the the ones that did this to them, are a type of energy vampire. Yeah, exactly. And they're disgusting. Um, Michael Ali says, I just learned from your videos, I'm dealing with a narcissistic woman that does all of which I am learning. I totally understand, my friend. And this is very very often connected to the whole vampire issue now michael i do a narcissistic abuse uh support session on tuesdays at 1 p.m central so make sure you come back for that as well literal best says it is so pathetic to use social media to attack others i totally agree with you that is ridiculous and offensive and it really makes me angry um but you know what <laughs> not as much when it's me anymore because now i think it's funny when it, they do it to me but um, but I don't like it when they do it to people who can't handle it because there are a lot of people who can't handle it. Um, it's one thing to just, you know, I, I almost feel bothered if people feel offended by posts that are not meant to tear people down. But when people are directly tearing someone down, it is pathetic. And it's obvious that that person has low self-esteem issues. If they feel the need to go and tear down somebody they don't even know in real life just to hurt them, it's, it's like they need to stand on their head to feel better or something. I don't like it. It's very narcissistic of them. Um, very lo low empathy for that person, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, exactly. If they're putting you down, most people put you down is usually because they're jealous of you. And normally you put someone down to make yourself higher. If you're a person who's confident and stable in yourself, you're going to raise somebody up to your level, not push them down. And that's the way a lot of these people try to get ahead. Or if you have achievements or you're doing better in your life, uh, the same with some of the, the um vampires that we mentioned they just want to put you down to throw you off and it could be even siblings it could be anybody and i had that you know even my own life when you're doing stuff and because i grind i grind because i work every day like angie you know it's not like i'll do something every once in a while no we're up at like 4 a.m. We go to bed late. We hardly sleep, but you're yeah. always grinding and you're always working because if you want to make a difference in the world, it takes time. Thinking about thoughts are great, but taking no action really doesn't take you anywhere. That's right. That's absolutely right. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, Andrea Christensen says, I'm so very tired. My kids have suffered. I want to be able to feel again. Start with mindfulness, my friend. Start by noticing the room around you start by noticing how it feels to breathe start by noticing how it smells when you sniff your kid's head after they get out of the shower start by noticing the way that your hands look mindfulness start there and keep going um and and come back to me at um at 1 p.m and let's talk some more about that terry says i hope it says, Angie, I hope you know what a blessing you are. I need to tell you, you've saved my life recently. Thank you so much, Terry. That means the world to me, and I would love to hear that story. Um, Bonnie says, good morning. I was groomed by a narcissist mom, had a narcissist sister, and went no contact. Then married a narcissist husband. How to stop the overgiving on my part and stop the energy le leaks from the narc vampires? Bonnie, it's going to be hard, but you're going to have to make, you're going to have to take the first step. Okay, so a lot of times when you're in that situation, you feel completely stuck. And I know your situation is messed up, but taking the first step, like when you went for your walk on the beach the other day, that was the first step toward taking back your life a little bit. You've got to, you've got to have an exit plan. And in this case, because your mother's around and, and I know you went no contact with your sister, but you did not go no contact with your mother yet. I think you're still taking care of her, right? So you're in a very tough spot. I know you quit cooking for your husband. 
but you're still taking care of your narcissist mother because she's elderly. So have you, I know we kind of talked before about the possibility of a nursing home or getting her an in-home health aid, but um, outside of that, you're going to have to just take actual steps. You're going to have to make, go through the uncomfortable part, which is the, I'm not going to take care of you anymore part. I'm going to take care of me now because I deserve that. That's where you start. Brad, any suggestions for Bonnie? Yeah, exactly. The the going through is always the toughest. I find if you can separate yourself, have your own thoughts, uh, even journal some stuff that that's going on, just so you can have a, a real perspective of what your mind is at that moment, things that have been said, how you're feeling, what's going on, and say definitely have a plan of action that you're going to go towards. Um, watch who's whispering in your ear and be very conscious of who you are listening to. Is it to yourself or is it to someone else? But definitely have a, a plan of action. And the biggest thing is to take action. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Latanya Davis says, hey, Angie and Brad. Hey, hey. Hey. How you doing? <laughs> Shannon O'Brien says, my husband read a study that showed that teenagers became happier when they stayed off social media. Well, that's probably true. But good luck with that. Because <laughs> uh, I'm telling you right now, even if they don't have phones, they're still in social media these days. They get on the computer and do it. They Now, you can certainly do your best to, you know, if you homeschool them, you could probably keep them out of social media. But um, truly, they're going to know about social media, even if they're not in it. And I think, I think today the best thing that you can do is to monitor them and give them no expectation of privacy, my friend. <laughs> My children know if I'm paying for your phone, I, and as long as they live in my house, they know. I don't care if they pay for their phone. I own their phone until they're adults li living somewhere else, paying for their own stuff. Until then, there is no expectation of privacy in my house, and they know it, and it's only for their protection. I'm not trying to be nosy. I don't even really care what they talk about with their friends as long as it's not drugs or whatever, but, <laughs> but uh, it's about other people. And it's about this bullying crap that people do. And it's about all of that. So, yeah, I can see how teenagers would be happier when they stayed off social media. And I think there's certainly a, a place in the world for, you know what, it's family day. We're not doing social media today or whatever. Um, I think taking the phones away at bedtime is a good idea. I think um, not letting little children be part of social media at all uh, up to a point. You know, there are things you can do, but certainly I would agree that they would be happier if they would stay off social media. It's just a matter of actually getting them to do it in this, in today's society. That's difficult. Unless you're homeschooling, I don't think it's possible. Um, completely possible. You can certainly limit their access and that would help. Yeah. Um, Bonnie says mom's still alive. That's what I thought, Bonnie. Um, Cupcake says Karuna, that would be a great thing to do. Okay. Andrea Christensen says, I try not to give him any emotion, but I really want people to be able to feel freely. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you, you deserve to be able to feel freely. But Andrea, this is why you need to, to, you have some choices to make. You could continue the way that you are, but at the same time, you, you know that if you do feel freely, you will be attacked. And you also know that you have another option, and that is to create an exit plan think about it. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but if you go to queenbeing.com slash plan, P-L-A-N, uh, there is some really great information there. It's free. It costs you nothing. You don't even have to give me your email address. Just click download and take it. Two different um, options and some videos right there. Literal Best says, mistakes don't paint the future. I love this. Yes, indeed. That is a good one. Yeah, very good. All right. Southern Charm says, learning that Facebook is a facade and illusion helps the empath in me see that it's more about them and not me. Trying to remember their choices aren't mine. I can scroll right past the nonsense. Indeed. I have a client who is an amazingly gorgeous doctor, female doctor, freaking gorgeous, smart as all get out, the, one of the sweetest people I've ever met. And she notices that her ex is with someone else on one of the social media platforms. She takes a look at it. She feels upset by it. I try to remind her just that. It's a facade. It, that person is not Mr. Perfect all of a sudden. That person who literally was psychopathically abusing her is not Mr. Perfect. It's a facade. And that's so important for all of us to remember, especially when we're dealing with former abusers. 
Brad, anything to say about that? Exactly. And especially with social media, we always want to look like we're putting our best forward, especially when a lot of stuff is going on behind the scenes. Everything, even if even if you're someone's abused, you're still going to like posts and say, wow, what a wonderful weekend, because you're, you're being so controlled by them that you're almost acting a different way. So not everything you see, you know, on social media is real when they want to make it look like, especially if you have your S ex-narc and they're with someone else now they're going to make it like it's the best relationship they ever had everything is wonderful so glad they left you because you're nothing now you know but but they're still going to keep you in the background they're not going to totally let go because they're going to come back and hoover you later (laughs) that's right yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. and you have to also understand that that person who's like oh my relationship is all perfect and wonderful now is either clueless because they haven't had the, the the other shoe hasn't dropped yet or they're just lying because they're embarrassed that they're being abused mm-hmm. you guys know if you have been abused you didn't walk around in the world talking about i'm being abused hello I'm yeah. being abused. you didn't do that because you didn't want people to know we're intelligent people we don't want people we don't want to think it's happening to ourselves let alone tell anyone else about it right i mean that was how I felt at the time. No, but exactly. And as soon as you start telling people either one, they're not going to believe you or two, the narcissist is going to start some kind of smear campaign about you, that you're the one that's crazy. You're the one that's doing all the stuff. They're the one that's the same one. And how could you ever deal with this person? You know, so they're going to gain trust with your friends and your family while kind of alienating you away from your friends and your family. So they're the only ones that are talking to you. And they're also gaslighting you, telling you this and that, making it that you start to believe that you're crazy. There, there's just so, so much there. And I believe everything is an illusion. Don't believe what people say. Don't believe your own thoughts. You know, just see. And because you're an empath, really feel. And if that is right and it resonates with you, you're going to know. And if it doesn't, chances are it's probably some kind of falsehood that you're seeing or hearing. Yeah. Trust your intuition. Trust your gut. You know, and if you, if you're, if you have noticed yourself thinking things that are not true, figure out where those things came from and release them. Because often they came from one of these poisonous people and they're not really your own thoughts in the first place i think a lot of us can relate to that all right jillian says or the emotional vampires who extremely who are extremely subversive and drain energy by all but ignoring you refusing to speak when you walk in the room only speaking to other people and to you as little as possible that is what's happening at work (sighs) jillian is it a woman let me know (laughs) um and the reason i say it is women women sometimes that's how a woman rolls now some men will use this tactic but this is this person is invalidating her and trying to freeze her out and does that not sound like a mean girl tactic i don't know um any thoughts on that brad yeah i mean alienating somebody it's funny because it's it can work the opposite way too when somebody really likes you, which I don't think in this situation, they'll ignore you because they want to make you jealous. So you start to come after them rather than them coming after you. But definitely isolating someone, you know, is, is never right. And, you know, I mean, you can go up to them and confront them and say, this is what I'm feeling. You never say you, but say, I am feeling this. If you can resolve it, great. If you can't, just let it go. Move on. That's right. That's right. Lanny says, good morning. This is a perfect video. Exactly what I need to hear. You're so helpful. Thank you so much, Lanny. Um, Cheryl says, they can uplift a stranger in public and tear their partners down behind closed doors. Yes, they can. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yes. (laughs) And it's exhausting. And you Uh see this so often. Yep. It's horrible. And that's one thing that happened to me. Yep. Me too. I know it. I know it well. Yeah. (laughs) And I bet you uh, almost everyone in this room could say right now, been there on some level, whether you were involved with someone who was like a public figure or Mm -hmm. a minister or a whatever. There's always something. Yeah. That's very unfortunate. Uh, Bonnie says, Narculas can take your, (laughs) Narculas, take all of your blood and life energy. That is the truth. And that is exactly what Mm -hmm. we are trying to prevent today or Mm -hmm. trying to help you overcome if you're dealing with it. Yeah. Exactly. But I also believe that they can only take it if you allow them. 
Yeah. I understand that we all have choice and I understand some stuff is so subtle that you don't even notice it. But as soon as you're aware, I think you have a responsibility to yourself to create some kind of plan and, and really change the situation immediately. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nargis is in the house. Viva La Vida is in the house. Good morning. You like you guys. Jamie Richie's in the house. Loves the amazing insight. Hey, girl, hey. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Francis says, yes, Narculus. Um, <laughs> Lanny Slow. Okay, let's see here. Viva La Vida says, hey, to Malta. Uh, let's see. Okay, Bonnie says, I swear I think that's what prompted the vampire movies and tales. I would not doubt it one bit. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, Andrea says, even when I agree with him, he says I'm wrong and argues. I would not continue that one if you can avoid it i know it's not that easy I know. <laughs> and i want to say this i want i want you guys to know the other thing that happens when you try to tell someone what you're going through is they say if it's so bad why don't you just leave sometimes i know it's not so easy no. but still even if your exit plan can't come to fruition for two years start planning it makes it feel a little less horrible it really does um okay let's see here ah Bonnie says we can make a lot of enemies too, Angie, including your own family, grown children, et cetera. That's the truth. It's mm -hmm. true. And it's unfortunate, but you know what? You've got to take care of yourself. You guys, we've all spent way too much time doing for others and not doing for ourselves. It's time to start taking care of yourself empath. Okay. All right. Um, you guys, I'm about, we are about to wrap up here. We are out of time, but before we do, I want to say thank you to everyone for being here. Thank you, Malta. Big hugs and love to you, my friend, for always being here for, for me and for us. And we really appreciate you. Brad, do you have any words of wisdom to share before we go? <laughs> I do. I mean, one funny thing that came up is, you know, never argue with somebody who believes their own lies because it's just, it's just an empty argument. It's not going to go anywhere. But I want to say thank you guys for coming. I love you all. You're in my heart. We'll see you all next week. And back to you, Andrew. <laughs> all right. Brad, be Brad. You know how much I love you. I'm so glad you're with us, and I'm so glad you come each Tuesday. Everybody, yeah. Empowered Empath, every Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. Central Time-ish, we're here. <laughs> come be here with us. If you haven't yet sent your um, text message to me so that I can notify you five minutes before we go live each day, this also includes the days I go live, by the way, um, text Angie Live, all one word, A-N-G-I-E-L-I-V-E, to 33222. Maybe eventually we'll have a separate one for Brad and I, but we're not there yet. Um, <laughs> so we'll get there though. One day, one day. He's <laughs> fingers crossed. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, everybody, I will be back at 1 p.m. Central Time today. Brad, big hugs and love to you. Hugs and love to Malta. Hugs and love to everybody who's here with us today. Thank you for being here. As always, thanks for being a part of my day and a part of my life. Thanks mm -hmm. for letting me be a part of yours. We'll see you soon. All right. <laughs> we're going. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.